Hi, I'm Kat, grassroots marketer turned brand builder. And I'm Candice, educator turned entrepreneur. And you're listening to Not Nice, Clever. Your weekly dose of not so nice, but oh so clever advice and actionable strategies to grow your mind, brand, and bank account beyond your wildest dreams. Free of charge. You're welcome. So grab your notebook and let's get to it. In today's episode, we're kicking off Not Nice Clever, why we felt compelled to create it, the story behind its name, and how no matter where you are in your journey, it can help you finally stop playing nice and start being clever. So if you're ready to flip the script on feeling like you never get as much as you give, you're going to want to listen to the rest of this episode. I'm Candice, educator turned entrepreneur, here to help you show up and show off online. I'm Kat, grassroots marketer turned brand builder, here to help you build a brand that means business. So let's set the scene first. You know, Candice, you and I met a year ago and we met through our work with Ryan Serhant, who owns a brokerage in Soho, New York. And, you know, as we got to know one another, we realized we actually had a lot in common. And in particular, how we were so, so nice at the beginning of our careers, right? Not so much anymore, but yes, at the beginning. <laughs> right? Just the last couple of years, I feel like my niceometer has gone to pretty much zero. And it would have been really nice to know all of this, like a lot earlier in our journeys. Absolutely. If we would have learned this a decade ago, I think we'd be in an entirely different place right now. 100%. Which is actually why we started Not Nice Clever. Yeah, we were actually hosting monthly Zooms and having it be an open forum for women in business, whether they were just starting out, whether they were established, regardless of industry, because at the end of the day, if you're a human being in business, these principles apply, right? And we were trying to plan our our third monthly Zoom. And we just, I remember I was literally sitting in my car late one night and I sat back and it hit me and I texted you and I was like, let's start a podcast. And your response Hell yeah. You were like, done. (laughs) That's how easy it is, folks. When you are living your truth and super aligned with people in business, it really is that easy. So we started Not Nice Clever because we want to equip you with the things we wish we knew just a decade ago or at least a decade ago. (laughs) We'll be talking all things branding, marketing, money, and manifesting. So listen in and take some notes. This is going to be a sneak peek into what we're calling the Clever Girl Credo. So let's dive in. And so talking the Clever Girl Credo, there's four main pillars that we're going to talk about today. And the first one is money, right, Candice? Absolutely. So money, Clever Girls, we aren't afraid to talk about money and to make as much money as we fucking want. Mm-hmm. And I remember a distinct moment in my life when I realized that I had a certain belief about money and this moment really changed things. I want to share it with you. I was in the car with a friend and it was the beginning of the year. I want to say it was like January 3rd or 4th, really early on in the year. Mm -hmm. And he picked me up because we were going to dinner. And when I got in the car, he was like, Hey, I just want to warn you. I might have to take a call. Like he didn't want to be rude, right? He's like, I might have to take a call because I have a big deal and it's closing today, hopefully. And I might have to, you know, take that. I said, all right, cool. No problem. So we're driving and he actually gets the call while we're in the car, answers the call. 
everything went smoothly, gets off and is super excited. I'm like, Hey, like, you know what happened? He's like, I just closed a big deal and I made a hundred thousand dollars. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) On January like third or fourth. Right. And you know, previously I was a teacher. I taught middle school and I don't think I ever made more than $65,000 a year Mm -hmm. teaching. And when he said he made $100,000 on the first week of the year, I realized that I had limiting beliefs about money. And I realized that I, you know, I remember when a time when I was happy with a 3% raise every year, and now I know that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the more I was around people who weren't afraid to talk about money, the more my eyes opened to the possibilities of money and what I could actually bring in. Mm -hmm. And I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we're afraid to talk about money or when we only talk about money to people who are doing the same thing as us. Because I remember talking to teachers about money and thinking, oh, I'm like, I'm doing pretty well because I was making a few thousand dollars more than them, right? But talking to people outside of that, I realized there's other opportunities. And I was like putting myself in a box and not thinking big enough. Yeah. Cause that's one thing that, you know, you brought up that money was always kind of a taboo topic growing up and growing up, we were always told, especially little girls were always told and taught to be nice. Why? Because nice means you'll be liked, you'll be loved, and you'll be successful in life. But that was absolutely not the case for you or for me, really. Right. And talking about money is is just so taboo, or it's not, I don't know, ladylike or something like right. that, right? Oh my god! As you know, we are not ladylike over here. What does that even mean? We are not. No, we've already dropped like two (laughs) F-bombs. My mom is like cringing somewhere in the Washington (laughs) wilderness in her cabin. Oh, man. So, yes. Clever girl credo number one. Clever girls aren't afraid to talk about money. I love it. And make as much as they fucking want. Yes. Remember that one, people. Clever girl credo number two. Marketing. Clever girls do not apologize for speaking up when they have something of value to say. This was a really hard learned lesson for me because this was kind of a topic that was off limits to quote unquote nice girls, right? Talking about yourself as an expert, which is essentially the definition of personal branding and marketing, right? And I remember my first job in San Francisco, it was a corporate job. And whenever I would do something well or, or want to be recognized for it, there'd just be this little voice in the back of my head that said, oh no, but give credit to someone else. Or, you know, you need to be humble. Or, you know, this was a team win. It wasn't a win that I could claim for myself, even if it truly was. And marketing specifically, when I started to really play in that realm and in that industry, I realized it's about making noise and it's about owning your expertise and it's about seeing a table, you know, people discussing problems and you know, you have the solution. And if there's not a seat at the table, just build the chair, drag it to the damn table and raise your hand and say, Hey, I see you guys talking about this. I have the solution. This is how we can solve the problem. So let's do it and not apologizing for it. 
either. How many times, Candace? I, I don't know if you saw this when you were a teacher, but I certainly saw it when I used to work in corporate where a woman would raise her hand and she would apologize before she even started speaking. Like, I don't know. Have you seen that? Yeah. And I've probably done that. And mm-hmm. I'm much more aware of that now. I'm much more aware of how certainty in your speech and how certainty in your experience and expertise really mm-hmm. helps to elevate you immediately. And so many, you know, women, and it's not our fault. I don't think it's like a cultural thing are taught that, you know, that's, that's not nice. And mm-hmm. you know, we're going to say that a lot, but it's true. Yeah. Moral of the story here, stop saying sorry and start realizing how clever you actually are. I don't know about you folks, but some of the most productive, badass people that I work with are the busiest mothers that I know of because they don't have time to mess around. They need to get shit done. They're not sitting there wondering, oh, how could we ever you know, figure out this problem not knowing what the solution is, they just go and take action and get it done. And they know and own, you know, their expertise in a, in an assertive and confident way, not cocky, but just assertive backed, like you said, with, with experience, clever girl, credo pillar number three, manifesting. Clever girls know the difference between working smarter, not harder, and they own their energy. So Oftentimes we have equated making money with working hard. That's probably something your parents taught you, something that my parents taught me. And although I do think I work hard, I think that the way that I was able to grow and scale my business is through partnerships and leverage. And when I look at people who I admire in business, I know that they didn't do it all on their own no one does. And I think there's this common misconception, especially if you are new to entrepreneurship, that you have to do everything, that you have to wear all the hats. And that works until it doesn't. And the one thing that I wish, and I don't know about you, Kat, is that I would have learned leverage earlier on because I think I was in business for probably at least two years before I really (laughs) started getting support. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I I had to learn that lesson the hard way, thinking that I had to do everything myself and that asking for help was a sign of weakness, that it was actually the nice thing to do to just suck it up and pretend like everything was okay, but it wasn't, right? Just plow through. And no, that's that's working hard, but for what? There's no glory in that. I'd rather work smarter. Absolutely. And I remember if you're listening right now and you're thinking, okay, like easy for you to say, like, I don't have money to X, Y, Z, whatever. I don't have money to hire a photographer. You know what? My first photographer, I traded. I helped them with their business and like coaching them Mm -hmm. and they took my pictures. (laughs) And I did that with a lot of different people, right? Like you and I have traded, Kat. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had you do some copywriting for me and we've traded things as well. And so if you are in this space where you feel like you, you know, have more time than money, I would still outsource the things that are not your areas of expertise because, you know, designing your own logo, I mean, we've all done it, but (laughs) eventually you're going to wish that you hired an expert. 
Mm-hmm. And we'll wish that all of those logos just went to the logo graveyard and never wear their ugly, ugly pixelated asses again. <laughs> like, no, they can just stay there. Exactly. So the other thing that I was thinking about was Kat and I just went to a conference mm-hmm. called Forward in Vegas a few weeks ago. And Cole Hatter was there. And he said, if it makes you money, it costs you nothing. Mm-hmm. And I love that because when I'm thinking about working smarter and not harder, I'm thinking about leveraging other people's skills and talents. And even though it might be an upfront cost, I know on the back end, I'm making all that and some back. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, it's maintaining your energy too, right? Because how painful is it physically and mentally and emotionally to have to do something that you just are not meant to do? And it would have been so much better completed by somebody else who would have been happy to do it. Like, why not work that way? Instead of working against yourself, work with yourself. Yeah, that's super important to maintain your energy to do the thing that you are uniquely positioned to do. And I think that that comes back to, you know, why we're we're talking about manifesting as a pillar, because when you're following your passion, your energy flows, the opportunities arise. And I don't know about you, but there is nothing sexier or more magnetic just in general than someone who is in their flow and doing exactly what they're meant to do. And again, not in a cocky way, but just in that assertive, confident way that they have that knowingness about them. And then they were like, damn, like, what did they figure out that we need to figure out? So much of it, I think is like, when you own your energy, it's about creating opportunities for you to feel good. Mm -hmm. And I think knowing what those things are that make you feel good is super important. And sometimes we don't spend the time to know those things. But I know Mm. I feel good after I work out. Mm -hmm. I feel good after I spend time in the sun. I feel good after I read a book. Like these are things I feel good after I cook a meal. Like those are things that make me happy. They make me feel good. And I've identified them now where I don't think like, you know, 10 years ago, you would have asked me and been like, I don't know, going on vacation, like something bigger, but what's an everyday thing that you can do that, you know, brings you happiness Mm-hmm. Because I think that also plays into our energy, which plays into how we choose to spend our time at work and things like that. And notice people listening in right now, she didn't list any activities that had to do with anybody else. They were just all about what made her happy, right? And I think that goes back toward not trying to be nice and make everybody else happy or serve everybody else before you're serving yourself. It's like, no, fuck that. Take care of you. Oh, girl, I'm an introvert. Spending time with people is going <laughs> to be a too. drain. <laughs> it is. It's like you got to earn that time, right? My time right. and my energy is precious. I know. I have like you know three people in my life who I can hang out with who are not <laughs> who are not going to make me exhausted. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you're you're talking to one of them right now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Clever girl credo pillar number four: branding. Clever girls know who they want to be and enjoy standing out from the crowd, even when they're introverts, not to blend in, but to be different. So this is something that we get asked a lot. And I know we're going to do a deep dive episode on it, but just to skirt the surface of our credo here, the idea of branding really begins and began with me, you know, several years ago about making a decision about who you want to be. And that's an intentional way of going about it, right? Because a lot of people just allow 
others to assign ideas and images and thoughts about who they are, right? And so when you make a decision of, no, my name is Kat Tori, I started out in grassroots marketing, but now I want to build brands, that challenges, and it challenged a lot of the beliefs of those that were around me, people that were in my circles for for years. And a lot of them didn't understand that at first, you know, and I... I learned that I was expecting them to have the same experience and and understand where I was going and understand my vision, but they didn't. And I had to accept that. And I also had to accept that there might be some people in my life as I, you know, embark on this journey that they're never going to fully accept it or understand it. And that's okay. I don't know if you kind of felt the same when you left education. It was a tough pill for me to swallow. Yeah, definitely. I lost... I lost friends when I changed career paths. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it going back did have to do with money because Mm. I remember feeling guilty about making more money as my own business than I did when I was teaching and knowing that I was working harder with air quotes as a teacher. Right. Because I was working longer and, you know, my days look different. But I remember feeling really guilty about that. And also people not understanding or kind of like, who does she think she is doing X, Y, Z, right? She doesn't even know how to do that. She doesn't have experience or expertise. And I realize now that those are limiting beliefs that they held about what they could accomplish or do. And so I think that it's important to know that your friends and family will likely not be your biggest supporters. Yeah. For me, my biggest supporters in the beginning, you know, I had a couple of friends who definitely, you know, were all in totally supportive, Mm -hmm. but mainly my first clients were my biggest supporters. And the people who I was able to help were excited to talk to their friends about me. So if you're in a place right now where you're like, I don't have anyone in my life who's really supportive, then I would say definitely expand your network, get with people who are doing similar things. This is, I think, a great place where social media comes in because I did meet a lot of people in the online space on Instagram, on TikTok more recently, Mm -hmm. who have been on Clubhouse. Oh my gosh, Clubhouse was a huge game changer for my business. I met so many people and was able to network there with people who were like-minded, people who were doing what I want to do, people who were like years into doing what I want to do. And just know that it's pretty normal for your friends and family to be the first people who are like, "Mm, who she thinks she is? What's she talking about? (laughs) Right. It totally goes back to that, you know, when you start to do something new or when you see anyone do something new, you're like, "Mm, is this just a fad? Is it a phase? You know, but if you stick with it and you're consistent, and disciplined and you believe and know that you're you're doing what you're meant to be doing and you present yourself in that way on and offline and you're intentional and how you're branding yourself it will eventually stick and and I think it's so funny Candice that you said some of your earliest cheerleaders were your first clients it was the same for me because when I began marketing myself I was presenting myself in a certain light my persona of my 20s was girl friday named after one of my favorite old school films. And, you know, in marketing, it's a very large umbrella. There's a lot of different activities involved. And so I branded myself as the girl Friday that could get the job done. 
whatever it may be, whatever it involved. And that worked. And my clients loved it because my clients were really busy small business owners that didn't have necessarily a huge corporate marketing budget, but they needed someone that was savvy, that was staying on top of trends, right? When Instagram came on the scene way back when, I feel like I'm dating myself now. (laughs) And now as we learn about TikTok, um, you know, the newest emerging platform, but it was a great experience because now that I've, I'm going into my thirties, I've elevated and, and nuanced my branding to be different, right? Brand builder, brand architect. It's the language that I use is different. And, you know, being able to understand what you have to offer and to also have your brand evolve with you, you know, it's not really a static idea. You know, your individuality will always be there, but, you know, maybe your goals will change and your vision changes and that's fine. But always, 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 do not apologize for wanting to be a certain way or use certain language. As long as it's true to you, there's no use in being nice about it. Cause I feel like when you try to fit yourself into a mold, that's when you find those nightmare clients coming out of the woodworks and you're like, what have I done? Absolutely. I think that when I gave myself permission to be myself online, Mm -hmm. the game changed for my business. And I remember when I was trying to be, soft and this sounds terrible, but like soft and caring and (laughs) nice. And like, that's just not who I am at all. If you meet me in real life, I'm like just a get shit done kind of girl, like Mm -hmm. make it happen. No excuses. You've got this. And when I just decided I was going to be that, then showing up online was so much easier because I didn't have to, it didn't take up as much energy because I was just being myself. I wasn't acting. Right. And so whoever you are, if you are nice, great, like, okay, but whoever (laughs) you are, allow yourself to be that because that's the magic in your brand is you being you, your authenticity. So Mm -hmm. I have a, what I call my brand vibe and my brand vibe is a little bit in your face and a little bit, I told you so. And (laughs) I just stick with that all the time. That's who I am. I love it. No, and that totally resonated with me. I know when we first met, because one adjective that a lot of my friends and my clients use when describing me is relentless. <laughs> and yeah. I just, I just don't give up, you know, I'll be very persistent. I'm not going to be in your face about it. Sometimes I will, if I believe very strongly, but I'll bring that energy and I won't apologize for it. And I will, yep. you know, raise my hand and, and speak up if something doesn't align with me or align with my brand. I did that a few weeks ago. I had a very difficult conversation with my team about a rebranding process and it was not easy. And I was the first to raise my hand and say something, but what was really beautiful after that happened was a lot of other people spoke out in support and it was really nice to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You gave them the opportunity to speak out because you did, because you had Mm -hmm. the courage to do that. I remember a few years ago, someone describing me as relentless, but like they were like exacerbated. What's that word? You know what I'm talking about? They were just like, oh. Yes, that one. <laughs> um, they were like, oh my God, Candace, like you're relentless. And I'm like, yeah, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a soda. <laughs> right. Um, but I think that that's my attitude towards a lot of the things where people are like, oh, so you're on TikTok now? Oh, you make those Instagram videos? 
Yeah, I do. Uh huh. And and so even if you're hearing that in your life right now, where people are kind of rolling their eyes or saying things sarcastically, I think just owning it and smiling and being proud of it, I think is the way to go. That's what I've been using. And it's been working well so far. Because once you're like, yes, I am, they have nothing else to say. (laughs) What are they going to say after that? So you kind of end the conversation there. But I think that standing out is key. Being yourself is key. Mm -hmm. And even if you're an introvert, both Kat and I are introverts, you can Mm -hmm. absolutely have a strong personal brand that people know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. Actually, one thing I want to say on a note on introverts, I remember distinctly I was in like the third or fourth grade and I remember someone telling me, oh, you're an introvert. So you must be really quiet and nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, have you talked to my family? I am not quiet and nice. I am <laughs> loud and relentless and I will speak up. But it's just, again, it goes back to like what we were told when we were little mm-hmm. and people prescribing labels, prescribing how we should look at money, how we should own and stand up for ourselves, how we should brand ourselves, how we should leverage ourselves, right? Everybody else was writing the story for so fucking long. And now we're the ones writing it. And it is such a better story. So much better. Yeah. So our four pillars of our credo are money, marketing, manifesting, and branding. And on Not Nice Clever, we'll be talking about them all. If any of what we've talked about today excites you and you want to learn more, be sure to follow our podcast wherever you listen to audio and tell your friends, especially the nice ones. Thanks for joining us on Not Nice Clever. Remember to follow our podcast wherever you listen to audio. And head to www.notniceclever.com to connect for more. Drop a question, we'll shoot you an answer. We're not gatekeepers here. Signing off, you're not so nice, but oh so clever, besties that mean business. See you next week.